0: Welcome to it. Great to be with you on a Thursday. It's Hale Varsity presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Damon Barr is ready to go. No no quarantine for Damon. The only thing he's frustrated about is he needs more rum. It's a great day. Pun intended. Ryan Day, sounding off. James Franklin, sounding off. Listen, again... Thank you cards to Scott Frost in Nebraska. It's okay. Oh, we we can we can speak up if if we disagree. This is actually played out timing wise perfectly. Uh, plenty to talk about. It is uh, NFL night. The Chiefs. The Texans kick off our sister station in Lincoln, KFOR. We'll have coverage beginning at 6. Normally, we would have Westwood 1 coverage, but we get the Royals. So, yay. Uh, so, long story short, we'll we'll talk plenty of NFL and college football uh, the next half hour. Blair Kirchhoff, an extended sit-down with the college football insider and uh, the man who covers the Kansas City Chiefs for the Kansas City Star, Blair Kirkhoff, coming up in 20 minutes. Gary Barnett will get his take on things uh, with two of the um, – uh, most respected coaches in the Big Ten, at least the programs, right? Uh, sounding off against Commissioner Warren. Uh, Gary Barnett in one hour. Brandon Vogel is with us. I can't wait to talk some ball with Vogues. And then it is the uh, Pride of Chicago, Danny Burke. Burke's best bets. Danny has his own uh, TV show. God love him. He's going to be rocking uh, in a casino near Chicago. Uh, his show starts at 6 Central while he still does VEASAN, uh work for uh, Mr. Musburger. So the Pride of Chicago back in about an hour and a half to give you some NFL thoughts, and uh, maybe you can win some money. Numbers to get in 466-3776, 466-3776, 800-825-5865. Email chris at hailvarsity.com. Follow. On Twitter at Schmidt underscore radio at at Damon Barr with two R's. So, Ohio State's head football coach Ryan Day questioning the Big Ten. Hints at a mid-October return. James Franklin got the party started this morning on ESPN Radio National with uh, Keyshawn uh, J. Will and Mahente, their their morning show. Uh, let's hear from James Franklin. And uh, he was the first today to come out against the, not necessarily leadership of Commissioner Warren, but for sure the communication of Commissioner Warren.
2: We just haven't gotten great communication from from the beginning. Uh, We've never really have fully been told or understood uh, why the season was shut down in the first place. Um, and then there has, hasn't been a whole lot of communication since. And when I say communication, we've had meetings, but I'm, I'm talking about kind of really understanding why and what and how we got here.
0: We need action. The Big 12 is kicking off this weekend. The ACC is kicking off this weekend. We still don't know if there are enough votes to play. And we don't know when we're going to play. I was, man, I was as down, when it, I'm not down, but I was as down as, as I've ever been about the prospect of football in October, yesterday. Just because you see the fact that all the, in Wisconsin, they went online today for two weeks and I'm just doing that math in my head, and you can check my transcripts. I suck at math, so forgive me. But I, I didn't think there was a shot in hell yesterday for the first time in a long time of playing in October. And and that has got, in, in, in typical COVID 2020, it, it flips on its ear. Uh, and, and I feel pretty good about October, be, mainly because of the continued push by many to get it done and to force a revote and to have further discussions and force issues because you're not getting leadership. You're not getting communication. You're getting silence. You're getting silence from a commissioner that's in over his head. You're getting silence from a commissioner that does not have any clue how to lead or who to please. Well, do I I listen to the athletic directors and the coaches? I mean, uh, I'm supposed to be, for them, uh, or or do I do I keep the people who got me hired happy? The ones the, the academic side of things that want to take back power in their own university, potentially. Who do I listen to? You gotta be a man and stand on your own two feet. And you gotta do what you think is best and not be influenced. And sure as heck, not just throw out the, well, I'm gonna try the dictator route and make a call way too early because I think i got to come in guns blazing and and say this is, this is what the Big Ten does. You're not Delaney. You don't have that much clout, brother, to be calling your shots, let alone break off from the rest of the Power Five like you did with a surprise decision. You got followed a little bit with, oh, right, that made some sense with cutting it down to, to 10 league games. Fine. But they're not going to follow you <laughs> into hell with no football in the fall. So, Let's talk about Ryan Day. Let's talk about his comments. Let's talk about his statement. And Ryan Day put this out on Twitter. While I understand the Big Ten Conference's decision to postpone football because of health and safety considerations, the communication of information from the Big Ten following the decision has been very disappointing and often unclear. However, we still have an opportunity to give our young men what they've worked for so hard for, a chance to safely compete for a national championship this fall. I couldn't possibly be prouder of how this team, our medical personnel, athletic director, and president have stayed together and managed through this extremely difficult time with so many unanswered questions. The Big Ten medical Subcommittee has done an excellent job of creating a safe pathway towards returning to play to mid-October. So the the medical community has put up what they think can happen, what needs to happen, what can get executed, so you can go play in October. That's been going on. More from Ryan Day. These young men and their parents have asked so many questions that I do not have an answer to. But the one that hurts most, why can these other teams and players play and we can't? Duke's playing Notre Dame. Clemson's playing Wake Forest. Our players want to know why can't they play? Why? Uncertainty? Health and safety? No. That's that's not it. Clearly that's not it because the Power Five, the other three, would have shut things down. You're not getting the go-ahead from the people that hired you. Maybe that's getting flipped on its ear. I look at the timing of the statements here and you had a another Zoom meeting with the coaches today and You had James Franklin kind of set the scene this morning. Ryan Day finished off the tackle for loss today on the commissioner. And he's been put on full blast. He's been put on full blast by the Husker 8 with a lawsuit. There's been Twitter talks of the Ohio State University could sue the Big Ten Conference for loss of income. There's that threat of a lawsuit that started yesterday that's floating out there. You've had a, 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 a top five NFL draft pick potentially uh, start a petition and you've had players parents put letters out there you've had state government leaders and senators and folks that are high up on the political food chain with how many was it eight eight states yesterday or two days ago six states six states six states but eight schools come out against you and question what the hell's going on either you know a vote's happening this weekend to return to play and set a date and it's house money and you can get your kicks to the junk in now if you're ryan day or james franklin or you still need to flip some people and this is your final push to do so. And you go public, one last squeeze to try and get him to change his mind and communicate with the president's. The 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 rumored, and it's probably not a rumor, the, the big roadblock has been Michigan's president. And Marty Smith has been in communication. Marty Smith, Marty Smith America, his podcast, Marty Smith with... Uh, Marty and McGee Saturday mornings before we do the weekend edition of Hale Varsity Radio. His comments on the fact that you want to talk about communication from Warren to the to the coaches, how it's been awful. You've done a whole lot of nothing when it comes to direction and answers and keeping folks up to speed. Scott Frost needs to say nothing because he said said everything. Almost a month ago to date. Coming out there. Backing his guys. Backing the folks that want to play football. And those who want to opt out, opt out. Do it. Stay away. Get away. Don't need you. You can field enough of a Big Ten to compete for a season. Period. And Ohio State deserves a chance to play for a championship. And if things come crashing down because it's COVID city in college football, well, I'm sorry. At least you gave it a shot. At least you tried. You've asked these kids to do everything that adults have been supposed to have been doing. And they put in, they've been more disciplined and more grown up than most grown-ups. They deserve a shot. Here's Marty Smith and and his communication with Jim Harbaugh and what Harbaugh's been going through. Michigan, you got to have Michigan playing football this fall if you're going to do it. And hopefully that is starting to turn in favor of, yes, let's play.
3: Not only does he deserve a phone call, he deserves a meeting. He deserves an explanation. He deserves the president to stand in front of that football team and take every single question they have. If that takes three hours – If that takes five hours, that is what those young men deserve. I would be so, so, so disappointed if I were those young men, if I were certainly that coaching staff, because that coaching staff has to answer to the parents. And when they don't have any answers for the parents, when they don't have any answers for the players, when they don't have any answers for anybody, and then the people who made the vote – The people who sat in the room, quote unquote, and voted won't answer any questions. Why? About what? About when? About any of those? That is so gutless. I truly don't understand why, especially if your president is an infectious disease expert. Stand up in front of them kids and take the questions. I don't I I just can't understand. I mean, leadership Fundamental leadership is owning your decision, and I'm still waiting to see that leadership. Hey, And it goes beyond Michigan's
0: president and the MD next to his name. Bunch of folks need to answer up. Maybe they'll make the right call this weekend. What do you need? You need nine votes to play. Can you still get October football on the table? It sounds like, yes, you can. Either, yes, you can, or it's this is just moments before a declaration of war from Ohio State because their next move could be a lawsuit to the Big Ten or they say, screw you, we're playing anyway. What are you going to do? You're going to kick us out? You're going to kick us out? You're going to kick Nebraska out? This has been the hammer that is needed to come down forcefully for a while Nebraska set the stage Nebraska made it okay to speak out Nebraska took the the punches didn't wobble, didn't fall didn't get a standing eight count it opened the door for the team that they have to listen to in your national championship contender in Ohio State finally to come in and hopefully push you into the end zone past the goal line to get football. Do we have time for Ted? Alright Teddy Carter get caught up with 10-11, uh, a voice from a president that was in favor of playing.
3: Yeah, what I would tell you is uh, I share in the same frustration that most of your viewers and all Nebraskans have. Uh, we've been very clear about this from the beginning. And oh, by the way, we've been very honest, open and transparent about how we feel about being able to play safely, take care of our student athletes uh, here at the University of Nebraska-Lincoln, the Cornhuskers. Um, so with that said, uh, the only thing I would say right now is it's it's time for the Big Ten to put out a plan.
0: Amen. Because you've had the return to competition committee, been working on a plan. Let's get that thing presented. Let's vote. And let's get October in sight so you can either kick off the 17th or 31st, get eight or nine games in, and be part of the playoff discussion. Be part of the local co- economy resilience. You've got college football stadiums that are going to be 20 to 25% full across the country. You've got 18,000 screaming Chief fans ready to rock in arrowhead tonight. Let's hopefully give people a shot to be the fans they want to be. Blair Kirchhoff talks NFL Chiefs. That's next on Hale Varsity.
1: And we're back. Fellas, we could Listen to the radio on Hail Varsity
4: Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Yes, that's
0: awesome. Back with you to Hail Varsity, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Let's say hi to Blair Kirkhoff, Kansas City Star at Blair Kirchhoff on Twitter. Some NFL thoughts, some college football news. Blair, how uh, how's your, your summer been? And man, we, we are fast forwarding to football season. You get football not only in, in Kansas City tonight, but also in the SEC and Big Twelve, you've got to be smiling.
4: Yeah, yeah, it's it's been a, a you know kind of a gradual ramp up to sports. You know, with the base with the Royals and um, Sporting Kansas City, the pro soccer team. But there's nothing like football, and, and it's football season. We with the Chiefs going tonight, and Kansas State and Kansas playing on on Saturday. Um, you know, it's 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 great to have it back. It's it is going to be odd with with uh, limited fans in the stands in some places and no fans in the stands in others and no preseason games for the NFL. But I think we'll, we'll forget a lot of, uh, of those things once the, you know, the toe goes into the ball for the first time tonight and, and it's game on. So I'm really looking forward to it. It's been a it, – it's been a kind of a different offseason in, in Kansas City than in other places just because of the Super Bowl victory had uh, – you know, had the, the, those thoughts kept fans warm, um, you know, throughout the off season. But, uh, but it's it's good for. I think tonight's game, the Texans Chiefs game, is going to be one of the highest rated regular season games we've ever seen just because everybody wants to see football back.
0: Well, and you've got two of the premier quarterbacks. You've got all-world Patrick Mahomes. I mean, it's his world, man, just uh, with how incredibly mature he is, but just his talent level, and you put those two things together, and you got a chance to, to stack some rings. Deshaun Watson, he got an extension, of course, and the Texans uh, were in good position until – the explosion that happened with Kansas City what do you foresee tonight and just bigger picture with Kansas City the the Chiefs went into last year super hungry because of just a bitter disappointment uh, losing to New England in the AFC title game they they were focused and ready and they were great how do they how do they handle being uh, the favorite and being the defending champ going into this 2020 season
4: well, it's, it's a you know it's because it's been such an odd off season. I don't think that this team has had the opportunity to have that Super Bowl hangover and get a little too full of themselves the way other teams might have in previous years, just because you couldn't do much of anything um, after the parade that happened you know a few days after the the uh, you know, the Super Bowl victory. Look. Players scattered, and then there was the draft in April, and and and, uh, and training camp happened not for the Chiefs at St. Joseph, but in you know at the Chiefs training facility. Mm-hmm. There, there wasn't a lot of travel and movement, and the, the you know the type of things that you might see from a Super Bowl champion. So, um, I think in in that regard, that the Chiefs will be you know I think their heads are screwed on straight when it comes to. Um, approaching the season the right way, it's not going to be the chip on the shoulder as you mentioned that they they brought in the last season because of that, AFC, that that painful AFC title game loss. But um, it's, they're, they're not going to be too full of themselves, and I, I think that's you know that's going to work to to their advantage. And I also think that um, the teams and the organizations in the NFL that are just better organized and uh, you know well coached. Uh, will have an advantage because of the the disruptive preseason and the chiefs are one of those. Andy Reid is a you know he he's a master of detail and just a you know a genius play caller in a you know in addition. So I think the chiefs are, are going to be really ready to play and they have a tendency to get off to fast starts under Andy Reid. They you know their their team it doesn't matter doesn't seem to matter who they play. They're you know, they're always 4-0, and 5-0 out of the gate, it seems like, under, under Reed. They do – he's only lost one opening game in his uh, – this will be his yeah. eighth season in Kansas City, and that was in his second year. So, um, I, I think the signs point to, uh, you know, another successful season. What – the big mystery, the big unknown is, you know, are these players physically ready after not having preseason games? And, uh, you know, when when they start hitting each, you know somebody else for the first time, that's – That's what I'm going to be really curious to see
0: tonight. Blair Kirkhoff is with us, Kansas City Star, talking Chiefs football, the opener, and uh, can find Blair on Twitter, at Blair Kirkhoff. That's a great question. I remember watching the the Navy-BYU game, and that's college ball, clearly, but uh, Navy didn't have live work, and it really showed with, with tackling... Uh, professional football you're supposed to be able to be a pro and show up and tackle it easier said than done what what's a a concern if there is one for kansas city and uh what 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 threat level is is baltimore and who else would you put in there that will be chasing kansas city that's a concern
4: well for the um you know for this team they, they did such a great job of signing or or extending their stars, you know, Patrick Mahomes and Chris Jones and, and Sammy Watkins and, and Travis Kelsey. Now there was no doubt that Mahomes and Kelsey were going to be back, but there were some rumblings and some uncertainty about Chris Jones and, and even Sammy Watkins, but it all worked out from a contract standpoint in the off season. So the stars are all back for, for Kansas city. And, uh, so from a, from a chemistry standpoint, that that's great. But there are some there are some newbies, and uh, the, both offensive guards are are going to be um, you know, are, are players who uh, did not start for the Chiefs at the end of last season. One is Andrew Wiley, who started during the regular season, uh, but lost his job after he was injured. Came back, but had lost his job. to Stefan Wisniewski. The other is a player that we remember from from old Big Twelve days, uh, Kalichi Asimili. The mm. Uh, from the old Iowa State offensive lineman, who uh, who the Chiefs signed in the off season, I think it's a great sign for the Chiefs. He replaces Laurent Duvernay-Tardif, the you know the, the guard who became a a doctor and is, is opting out this season to to help fight the COVID and uh, in his native Canada. So so two new guards on the offensive line, but there's not a not a drop off there. Uh, the other, but the, the bigger position of concern is cornerback. And with um, the, the Chiefs have a player in Bashard Breland who is sitting out the first four games with a suspension, and so they they'll have just one starting just one cornerback who um, who has started for the Chiefs tonight. That's Charvarius Ward, good player, uh, solid player. They're going to start uh, probably Rashad Fenton, the second year pro who hasn't made a start, and. When they go to three corners, they're going to bring in Antonio Hamilton, a guy they signed for the New York Giants who's made two starts in his four-year NFL career. So I think Deshaun Watson and Brandon Cook, if he plays tonight, Cooks, if he plays tonight, uh, they're, they're looking at the Chiefs secondary with you know, maybe some opportunity in their eyes. And, look, the last three times the Chiefs and the Texans have played, the average score has been 39-32. So – um, it's it's been a it's been an offensive showcase when these teams play. It's raining here now in Kansas City and it's supposed to rain all day, so it might be a little bit of a wet track, but I still think we're going to see a lot of points tonight.
0: Blair Kirkhoff's with us talking NFL, the kickoff uh, Chiefs football and at Blair Kirkhoff uh, on Twitter's where you you follow him Kansas City Star. What do you make of of the Tampa experiment uh, Bruce Arians is uh, amazing. I enjoy his personality and his track record with quarterbacks is well documented. Uh, is Tampa one of these teams that can close late and make a push? How how heavy are you on on Tampa out of the NFC?
4: Yeah, no, I'm 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 pretty I'm pretty high on Tampa. Actually, I, I know it's you know you look for reasons not to you know not to uh, be overly hyped about about a team that added. You know Brady and Gronk and and uh, but really I think they've they've added other pieces as well and I was I was talking uh, I was on a conference call yesterday with Rich Eisen of NFL mm-hmm. Network and that's his pick to um, to go to the Super Bowl this year out of the NFC along with the Ravens and I I think that actually makes some sense I I don't I don't see the NFC being uh, you know just powerful uh, I I think there's opportunity for a team to come off the pace. In the NFC, and, and why not Tampa? It, I, I think that d- that division is tough. It's so quarterback heavy, and um, and and I think Drew Brees has. I'm sorry, <laughs> uh, Tom Brady mm-hmm. just has feels like he's got something to prove, and, um, and and wants to wants to prove that you know he had every bit as much to do with his success in New England as Bill Belichick did, and uh, and he'll be on something of a mission this year. He's in a difficult division in the NFC, but I. I like the Bucks. I like them to make the playoffs at least. Um, I'm not sure they're my pick to win the NFC, but I I do like them as a playoff team this year.
0: NFC is pretty loaded with with that NFC South. Uh, in you know, we'll see how Teddy handles Carolina. You still got um, McCaffrey down there, Atlanta. They've got all the tools. They've just been off since their Super Bowl run and the last rodeo for Breeze and, and and maybe Brady. I mean, I can't wait for the opener on Sunday. Uh, you kind of fast forward to the NFC West, where Seattle keeps finding a way with Russell. Uh, you have some excitement in Arizona. Uh, and then the Rams, they they could bounce back with a little easier schedule. And then you still have the 49ers that were a really good football team last year. So, um, you know, I think Tampa could do it. I think San Francisco could load up again. Uh, I think Baltimore and Kansas City are the class of the uh, the AFC. What's your uh, excitement level for for Joe Burrow? Are you anxious to see Burrow and Zach Taylor? Uh, the, the you know the Nebraska connection, of course, with Zach Taylor, but also Burrow's history and phenomenal season at LSU. What do you expect from uh, a guy like Burrow in his rookie season? You've seen this league a long time.
4: Yeah, I, I am excited for it. I, I think he comes in with the right. Everything I've heard from him has been just really on point and uh, with with training. And now the the tough thing is for a player in his position to not have preseason games, they would have, they would have, the Bengals would have given him additional series Mm -hmm. in the preseason than than, than the starting quarterback would normally take just to get him acclimated to the speed of the NFL. And, um, and I, and I heard some, you know, some talk of, you know, he, you know, he didn't kind of a you know a quick riser in college, and um, you know went from kind of really off the pace uh, as a as an NFL prospect uh, to being the overall number one after that phenomenal year he had last season. But Ed Ogeron was, has been quoted as saying that he thought um, you know NFL scouts were telling him that Joe Burrow before you know his national championship season at LSU was rising, Uh, his stock was rising with NFL scouts, so um, I I think it was, I I think it's a great place for him, for the Ohio native to be, and it's a, a really good fit. We've seen it before, though, where you know, the the overall top quarterback or the or the not the not necessarily the one one, but the the top quarterback drafted doesn't you know, doesn't get it done ultimately in that city. But I think Joe Burrow has a chance. You put some pieces around him, and that's what it takes. It starts certainly with a quarterback, but you have to put some pieces around him as well. And the Bengals have a ways to go. I mean, it's a tough division. And now,
1: and now back to Hale Varsity Radio.
0: Back with your R-City Radio. More with Blair Kirchhoff uh, covers the NFL and college football with the Kansas City Star. We continue to preview the AFC.
4: I think the Steelers are are a team that's going to be a, a little bit of a comeback team this year with Roethlisberger back and um, and, and the Ravens, as you mentioned. Uh, a lot of people think they're the they're maybe the the best team in the in the AFC. They were the top seed going into the playoffs last year until they you know they lost the home game mm-hmm. against the Titans. So. Um, I think it's a tough road. I think we're looking at a couple of years for Burrow to make a really big difference, but I do think he ultimately makes a difference in Cincinnati.
0: Blair Kirkhoff's with us. Hale Varsity Radio, Kansas City Star at Blair Kirkhoff, NFL Thoughts. Blair, before we let you go, would love your takeaway here with uh, some college football thoughts. And, you know, you've covered the sport. Uh, You've covered national championships, And what is your feel as we still kind of hold our breath for a revote with the Big Ten or a start date for sure? And and my my light finally went out for for October 10th and October 17th. Maybe I'll be surprised next week, but um, Mm -hmm. bigger picture. You know what? What are you hearing? What are you feeling with the Big Ten? And, And the question I have Say things get approved, okay, and things go smoothly, and that's a big assumption for the other Power Five conferences that are playing. But say that happens and you get a start date in November with not only the Pac 12, but the Big Ten. As a guy who's covered the BCS and the college football playoff, what's your feeling? on Ohio State or in Oregon when it comes to consideration for the college football playoff if they don't kick off till mid or late November?
4: Well I, I don't know how I, I just don't know how you would do that I'm uh, you know I'm, I'm an AP voter this year and you know and our for the first the first the preseason poll was out and mm-hmm. it included all everybody in college football right All all yeah. the major conferences but the first poll um, mm-hmm. a regular season poll is going to be uh, the the votes are due on Sunday morning for a Sunday afternoon release and um and we're not considering teams that that are playing and that is you know Big 10, Pac 12, uh, Mountain West and Max. so uh, i i don't know you know i, I the one the, the idea being floated about uh, you know the Basically, the two Rose Bowls this year—one that would be a, but semifinal for the, for the college football playoff—and then one that could uh, that, that could host a champion, you know, kind of a traditional Rose Bowl that would host the, the champions of the Big Ten and Pac-12 uh, in, in sometime in spring. I, that that made you know, I thought, well, that'd be kind of cool being in a, get two bites of Pasadena mm-hmm. in one school year. I just don't know if a conference starting this season as late as what we're what we're. You know, hearing or being suggested could be part of um, uh, of a playoff system. I don't know how you would go about ranking, you know, teams that have played. You know, by then, what t- ten games, maybe eight, eight to ten games, mm-hmm. depending on, you know, how the pandemic affected uh, the schools, and then teams that haven't played at all. It's what a you know what a what a dilemma you know, and what a. Situation, unprecedented situation. This all is, but the bottom line for me is, you know, how you rank them, or what you know, what bowls might get involved, or playoffs. I just want them to play. Um, It's still, for me, it comes down to, and uh, you know, I think we've everybody who loves college football has, uh, you know, knows this. It's the best regular season that that there is. Regular season college football is so phenomenal. And that's that, let's get let's get there. You know, let's get a regular season in, and then figure out how to sort out the mm-hmm. you know the the national champion or the conference champion. But just just get get them on the field, and that's happening in you know seven of the ten Big Twelve schools this weekend because three of the Big Twelves have had to um, have had to postpone their games and because of the COVID. But uh, the Kansas Kansas State are getting on the field this week and. Um, I
0: can't wait to see it. Blair will be watching as well. And it's uh, always great to sit down and talk some football with you. Hopefully Nebraska can get going. There's a lot of excitement. uh, And, you know, uh, think about Ohio State. And I remember Nebraska fans feeling just in, in a different spot after that Florida State game, you got to go back almost 30 years, but that that started the title run. Nebraska had a chance to respond to a, a near miss against Charlie Ward. Ohio State's been 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 just pacing uh, since that that semifinal loss to Clemson, and you've got a championship caliber team that. They can't. They're the only. They're the only team in their state that can't play, and that just blows my mind.
4: Yeah, I mean, I, I know that they're they're the one. That's the one program. Uh, look, everybody in the Big Ten loves their football mm-hmm. and pack, you know the Pac twelve. I'm not going to you know, pick one. The you know assume to say that the coaches and players and all that don't don't work equally hard and everything, but but Ohio State has a passion for football that. Uh, that is equal to the, the, the those that I've seen at the most passionate places mm-hmm. in the country, including Nebraska and, and in the SEC. The difference with Ohio is the population of Ohio is such and that it's and, and and as you mentioned the you know the, basically the singularity of Ohio State is the, the 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 one you know Power Five program in the state that that makes a difference. Everybody in Ohio is a Buckeyes fan. You can't go you can't go anywhere on a Friday or Saturday around the country and um and, and not in an airport. I I've been going to the NFL games for 7-8 years now and every time I travel there's just Buckeyes all over the place. And yeah, you're right, Chris. I mean, they're they're the ones that probably feel like they have the most to lose, not just because their fans love the sport, but because they're in a position to you know, to to have capitalized on on this season in a, in a, in a, for a championship run, and they're consensus, right? Top five, mm-hmm. and, um, and 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 I think they I, I look like they were loaded and ready to go. So, yeah, they they probably feel like they they they've lost as much or in a position to lose as much as anybody this year.
0: Blair, you take care. We'll we'll chat again. Thanks for your insight today.
4: All right, Chris. Great talking to you.
0: Gotta love talking some NFL, man. That was a lot of fun. Chiefs are in action tonight. I know Damon Barr is chomping at the bit to give me his Super Bowl prediction here in about 10 minutes, 5 minutes. And Damon's like, yeah, I got it. I got it handled. No, um, I just don't know. I just don't know if the pressure is enough to reverse. Now, everything Ryan Day said in his statement about medical standing and procedures and execution, I would think would meet what the Big Ten needs. And is the Big Ten going to be able to move forward this weekend? And because the head coach of your premier program, your national champion contender, said October football, does that make it so? Does that make it real and you had penn state their other contender uh wisconsin hasn't said anything nebraska does not need to say anything because they've already said it and they were the first to say it and they were they were being the fullback they were playing fullback for the rest of the big dogs in the league to make sure you could get in the end zone So we'll have some some gambling numbers here for this upcoming 2020 NFL season. Danny Burke's less than an hour away. The pride of Chicago, Burke's best bets. Gary Barnett next hour. He'll kick us off. His thoughts on Ryan Day and James Franklin's criticism of Big Ten leadership. More to come. Great to be with you on a Thursday. We'll wind down hour one. It's Hale Varsity. We're presented by the Nebraska
1: Lottery. Chime in 402 espn or email the show. Chris at HaleVarsity.com. Just try me. Try me. Back to Hale Varsity Radio.
0: What final time this hour. Ten minutes away. It's Gary Barnett. Thoughts on Ryan Day, James Franklin, the Big Ten, the revote, and where uh, October ball can be from Gary Barnett. Hey, a little bit different Groundhog Day. It was fresh coffee, at least a <laughs> uh, reminder about uh, being on the road and being safe with the Nebraska Department of Highway Safety. There's over fifteen hundred crashes each year in Nebraska involving an impaired driver driving drunk, buzzed or highs, never acceptable. Law enforcement officers are working every day to stop it before any more people are killed or injured. If you're going to drive, don't drink. If you drink, designate a sober driver or get a ride share. Get a ride. A DUI costs more than you think. Brought to you by the Nebraska Department of Highway Safety Office. So, Damon Barr, your Super Bowl pick is... We can just skip to the Super Bowl. Okay. Where are you going? I. There's two ways I see this happening. We're either going to have a repeat, which I'm not a fan of, but what I really think is going to happen, really? two teams have a little bit uh, more to work for, Ravens and Saints in your next Super Bowl. Okay. Ravens and Saints. I think Kansas City can get back there. I don't think Tampa's ready. They, I mean, they, they look awesome. But I don't know that they get it all put together to have home field. The Tampa, The Super Bowl's in Tampa this year. I think Dallas will be better. I mean they were pretty good last year, but I think I think they'll they'll be really good this year. I like Minnesota and Green Bay. I don't like Green Bay as much as I like Minnesota. Uh I think you're going to get Tampa for sure and I think you're going to get New Orleans out of there. And then I think it's I, I think you're you're still going to get Seattle and clearly you're going to get San Francisco. And I think the Rams are right there. I don't know if they edge out at Green Bay. I don't think there's a second-place team out of the NFC North or what used to be the East, or the East is what will stay. I don't like Philly that much. I don't like Washington that much. I think the Giants are a ways away, although they'll probably be better. I think it's just Dallas. So do you get three out of the, uh, AFC, the NFC West, or do you get – a couple of, of runners-up that get in there. Uh, my Super Bowl, I think Kansas City, because of home field, gets back to the Super Bowl. And I, I do also like the swan song opportunity of New Orleans. Kansas City and the Saints. And uh, there you go. I mean, Kansas City is the same ballers back. And, you know, Baltimore is really good. It's going to come down to those two teams. That could be your Super Bowl, but it won't be, technically. So that's where I'm at. Uh, I think uh, Indy will be better with Phillip. I like that. I think the Texans and Deshaun are good, even though they're still trying to find some, some weapons. I think Tennessee will be pretty decent. And I think Denver will be better. I mean, Denver could be in the postseason. Don't know much. Don't care much about L.A. I just just don't think Tyrod's the guy. And I think you're going to see the changing of the guard. I don't think Miami's that special. I think Cleveland will be better. Give me Buffalo. Give me the Bills and the Bills Mafia to win. And I think New England still makes playoffs, though. I just think they're a wild card.
1: Gary Barnett's on the way with Hale Varsity. Thanks for hanging out into hour two.
0: It's Hale Varsity presented by the Nebraska Lottery. We are an hour and 55 minutes away from football being back. Chiefs and Texans, Deshaun Watson, Patrick Mahomes, and uh, just shy of 20,000 screaming masked Chief fans. More football this weekend. Uh, faux football in the rail yard with Hale Varsity. So we'll have the. Uh, 2014 Nebraska Iowa overtime thriller with Kenny Bell making the catch. Kenny Bell is a Boulder native, and then the 1994 win over just an incredible Colorado team—a a doubleheader for you. That uh, gets rolling at 3:30 down in the rail yard. We welcome in a longtime coach at Colorado and Northwestern. We say hi to Gary Barnett, coach. Have has things at least thawed out or melted for you out west? <laughs>
5: Well, I I actually played today. It was about forty six. Really? But yeah, but I was in long pants and a sweater and a uh, you know we needed it so badly though, Chris, with these fires going on. My bad. We had fourteen inches of snow up in one of the fires, which is just on the front range. Mm. or almost on the front range, up west of Fort Collins, and it was you know it's really helpful to to give those uh, firemen a chance to get control of this thing but we had we had two or three burning here and it uh, it was it was really a godsend that that the snow came when it did and the, even the freezing temperatures so uh but we it was really a good wet snow for for a drought drought ridden sort of colorado
0: so do i does the temperature matter how you shoot
5: well it matters how fast I play, <laughs> I seem to walk a little faster and and uh and swing swing harder and faster and get back in the car or walk or whatever uh-huh. so um I actually had a good start but i almost i was experimenting I was trying a new swing today so i I didn't really care what I shot and just uh-huh. wanted to learn something but that unfortunately. Uh that's that's who I am. I'm sort of that way every day.
0: No, that's all right, man. I'm glad you got out and you you bundled up, right? And you, you went you went and played uh played 18. That's awesome. Gary Barnett's with us. Coach, uh, a lot's happened uh today in the Big Ten. Uh it started off this morning, uh ESPN National, uh, with Keyshawn Johnson and his uh radio partners. They had James Franklin on and uh, James Franklin very outspoken this morning about Big Ten leadership, uh, questioning frustrated with the communication side of things. and then Ryan Day, uh, again with his statement on Twitter, uh, questioning communication and you know that that question that that he can't answer is I, I can't I don't know why, kids, I don't know why we can't play when everybody else in the state of Ohio can coach you've been you've been in meetings you've been in conferences where there's been disagreements you've been in meetings and in conferences where there's been frustration but i you know i don't remember ever having two pillar programs and their head coaches speaking out against a conference like this i know coach frost was frustrated with things, but this is Ohio State, this is Penn State coming out. What What's your reaction to the, the statements and comments today from both of these guys?
5: Yeah, I read both of those and, you know, a lot of it is just pure frustration on the part of coaches and yeah. um, uh, you know, and their kids not being able to play when other schools are playing and other conferences are playing and you um, and I, you know, not being on the inside anymore, I don't really know where they think they should be getting their commu- communication or better communication from. I'm guessing it's from the um, commissioner. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but this thing, this thing feels really political to me, Chris. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it. Um, I mean, I don't even like using those terms, but it certainly does a little bit seem that way, and. You know the the one thing about sports is it's always been above that sort of thing, but it's feeling that way, and uh, that doesn't mean that it is, but it certainly feels that way from where I sit. And you know, you see the schools in the South and um, in in states that uh, tend to vote and go one way mm-hmm. uh, are able to play in states. Um, that that aren't in that situation or going the other way, so it, it feels that way. You know, uh, you know. I, I think all along we've always felt like the the best support uh, that football has had through the years has been from one side of the political spectrum rather than the other. So um, I hope that's not it, but it certainly sort of smells that way to me.
0: Gary Barnett's with us. Hale Varsity Radio, Coach. With these comments by these two coaches, Ohio State's uh, preseason number two, Penn State's preseason number seven. So, what type of weight slash impact will this have? I mean, the talk is Sunday, Monday, maybe a revote. I look at it one of two ways: either it's house money. Uh, those on the inside know that the the necessary votes are are there, or at least they feel like that there's going to be a revote and there'll be a, a return to play push, and maybe it could be October per day's tweet. Or uh, we need more pressure applied on the commissioner and those presidents and chancellors that are holding this thing up. So let's get our two biggest hammers, the two biggest programs that have a chance. To compete for a title to come out and and really let them have it on Thursday vocally on social media and on national radio those, those are that's that's door one and that's door two. what type yeah, of Yeah, way- I think
5: door two you're right I think door two where just those two being the the heaviest hammers in the you know in the toolbox yeah. um, are swinging them and I think that probably you know coaches communicate and coaches. You know, they, they send messages and vibes and stuff like that. So I'm sure they're saying our best chance is for Ohio State and for Penn State. And they're probably, and Harbaugh's come out and said the same thing. I yeah. saw it earlier in the week uh, where he, you know, texted and tweeted and asked the governor and everybody else to make a change. But I don't think he's got as much traction as maybe the other two have. And I think that's what they're doing. I think they're swinging the big hammers.
0: Gary Barnett's with us at Hale, Varsity Radio. Coach, uh, when, it, when it comes to communicating with your players and and being the leader that, that you need to be as head coach for 18- to 22-year-olds, um, how, how do you keep them engaged? I know Nebraska's been practicing a little less than an hour and a half. I mean, they've been within the rules of the 12 hours. Uh, but not every Big Ten program's been practicing – uh, Minnesota just got back at it. I know Iowas had to hit pause you 've got a a pause with Penn State, not necessarily because of football, but you had fifty eight covid cases with student athletes so not everybody's on the same page right now as far as staying after it. Uh, how would you keep your kids engaged
5: well and that's a that's the problem is that not everybody is on the same page and and That's the world we live in right now. And uh, I think keeping the athletes engaged is you you just have to keep putting out that carrot uh, in front of them and keeping hope alive that it might happen. And so, um, you know, every time that uh, Ohio State or Penn State swing the hammer like they just did, you know, it helps everybody else Um, and it helps coaches keep hope uh, out there for their players to to be able to play. Um, you know and we're we're so early in this thing where uh, at least in the season to where anything could still happen, and you hope that it might still happen, but if it's like this a month from now then uh, then I think that's it and so it's it's interesting. I don't know whether the the administration or the powers to be in the big Ten are just sort of holding off and Hoping they can get to the first of October, the middle of October, so that everybody realizes they can't really go do it mm-hmm. or what. But it um, there certainly is a lot of political pressure and a lot of um, you know popularity and, and a popular movement to try to get this played in the in that conference, you know, more so than the Pac-12 for sure.
0: Well, and have you ever? I mean, take me back to your time in the Big Ten. I mean, and, and just. Around Jim Delaney. I mean, and it's not fair to, to Kevin Warren to have to follow a guy like Delaney with, I mean, we're talking 30 years of excellence and what he built the league up. The league was always great, but he made it even a higher standard with, with TV and, and, you know, acquisitions. But, you know, how would Jim Delaney go about this, knowing Commissioner Delaney like you, maybe you do or, or at least working
5: with him? Well, there wouldn't be any. There wouldn't be any question about where he stood on everything. Um, you know, I mean, Delaney, Jim Delaney, ran that thing. Uh, like him or not, you know, and I think most of the Big Ten people respected him because he was very powerful nationally. And I think the other conferences didn't like him because he peddled too much influence. <laughs> and um, but I do know that whatever Jim decided to do, there wouldn't be any question. And, you know, we're not going back, but Jim was an intense competitor, too, and he understood playing and winning, and he understood, you know, the uh, the value of the great athlete in that conference. And so that, that, that he always felt like maybe he had been a coach at some point in time, or maybe he had wanted a coach, and so he, he always felt like He's a guy that can move right into your coaching staff or into your room, and, mm-hmm. and you'd be comfortable with him. So um, I don't know enough about Kevin Warren to be able to to give him the, that same sort of compliment. If you would consider that a compliment, I'd consider it a compliment that I gave to Jim. So I, I don't know, but that's the way Delaney would handle it.
0: Was he, um, was he uh, is it fair to say, tolerated? Or man, he's making money for the conference by, by some of the presidents. It, it sounds to me like he was pro athletics versus, and he was very cognizant of academics because he was a scholar himself.
5: Yeah, and, and he was, but he was a scholar, but he was also a basketball player at North Carolina. Yeah. So I mean, there was there was always a feeling that basketball got little special treatment, but that <laughs> you know I don't think that was really true. But you know. When he had a few minutes to talk about stuff, that's what you said. But yeah. um, no, he was an intense competitor. He understood, you know, when we fell behind in the Big Ten Conference. I mean, we had we had meetings with him about stuff and about you know competition and about getting you know taking the Big Ten to another level, a better level than it was at at the time. So he was always on that bandwagon. You know, Jim was an intense competitor.
0: Gary Barnett's with us, Hale Varsity Radio. Coach, uh, any games you got circled this weekend, you excited for? I mean, you've got Duke, uh, Notre Dame, you got Georgia Tech, Florida State, Clemson and Wake, uh, of course, Carolina and Syracuse. I know Big 12 gets rolling as well, and their slate is not as uh, attractive. Oh, last thought, no. too, forgive me. Uh, when it comes to the Pac-12, are you encouraged by – uh, what uh, the Pac-12 commissioner has said about the ability to have testing, rapid testing on all the campuses here by the end of the month.
5: Yeah, I mean, I am. I, th- I think that's encouraging. But uh, I, I and, and they've tried to say that that's the reason that they haven't that they're not playing. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't know about that, Chris. I <laughs> I don't think that's going to give them a chance to play. I mean, I think basketball's got a chance to play a lot sooner now than than football does in the Pac-12, and and I think the Pac-12 has just sort of written it off. I don't think they see any way of hope. They're just hoping that they can maybe start practicing earlier than um, than what they're saying initially. Shit. So, and and the, and that will help. You know, the testing, mm-hmm. the rapid testing will help like that, but. Um, you know, I'm just. I watched some games last week, uh, and I'm, you know, I'm gonna watch. I don't know if I can. I'm trying to get the Miami game tonight.
0: Yeah, because they they've got uh,
5: uh, Alabama Birmingham. Yeah, yeah, UAB, yeah. and so um, I'm, I'm trying to. I like to see uh, De'Eric King and see how he handles uh, uh, Miami, and you know, Miami has picked up some really good players in the offseason, season, so it's been like a like a free agency for them. So uh, I'm sort of interested to see that, but uh, I think Saturday, just when there's one game after the other, that's sort of what's really fun for me.
0: It is good. Last thought on on on. Let's talk about Miami for a second. The U. They've they've had quarterbacks, but it's been a while since they've had like that difference maker quarterback. Right. Why, why do you think that is? I mean, why uh, of all places in the world, and <laughs> all programs in the world, why why has it been harder to kind of load up with a with a stud quarterback?
5: You know, I, I, I don't know whether the sort of the change in scheme has something to do with yeah. that. I don't know. You know, when Miami had the great quarterbacks, they were all pro. yeah, um, and All guys that went into the pros, pro-style quarterbacks. You know, they could sit back and throw it to the great receivers, and they had just great defenses. And I don't know. I don't know whether, you know, the change of the college schemes to – uh, run around, throw it wide open—that sort of stuff yeah. has has hurt them. I don't know why it would. You know, all the players that come out of Miami, you know, are leaving and going to other great programs. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't have a good explanation for that other than they just had a tremendous turnover in coaching staffs. Yeah. That's for, fair for a long. You know, I mean, they've they've been as bad as Colorado. Yeah.
0: Coach, you have a good weekend. Enjoy some football. You stay warm, and we'll talk again. Thanks so much.
5: All right, Chris, you bet. Talk to you later.
1: Take care. There
0: he is, Coach Gary Barnett.
1: He's in his 30s, but sounds like he was born with a stogie in one hand and a brew in the other. Now, say my name. It's Schmitty on Hale Varsity Radio. I got the body of a taut, pre-teen Swedish boy. Back with you.
0: Good stuff from Gary Barnett. That'll be posted up on ESPN Lincoln, the on-demand section. Also Twitter. Some good thoughts there on the Big Ten, the pressure, and the statements by James Franklin. His interview with Keyshawn Johnson, Sr. And, of course, the uh, Twitter statement by Ryan Day. Let's talk some Big Ten football and get into some pigskin with Brandon Vogel from HaleVarsity.com and Magazine. Also author with John Cook, Dream Like a champion at Brandon L. Vogel on Twitter. Vogs, uh, you, you got your Miami turnover chain on?
2: <laughs> I don't. Uh, back in the day, I, I, I had a fair amount of uh, Miami Hurricanes Merchandise that uh, I, I since sold on eBay, so had a pretty pretty nice uh, Nike Miami Hurricanes parka from about 1996 that uh, has gone to gone to a new home. Uh, yeah, I mean you didn't see a lot of Nike parkas back in the day, um, but so no, I'll be I'll I'll uh, be full on uh, UAB for tonight's game.
0: Was it the uh, Was it orange or was it was it the green? With Sebastian it was Sebastian on green.
2: the back? It had uh, Sebastian Ibis on the on the back, and it had kind of, you know, this was like when Georgetown basketball oh, yeah. had the the print on the side of its shorts. It had like a hurricane ish print uh, on like the inside flap that covered the zipper. Uh, it, was, it was it was pretty it was pretty uh, elite stuff for for 1996.
0: No, I know it. And I, I will never forget this. And this is before. This is right before Nebraska and Miami were playing in the in the championship game, and I didn't bring this story up to Barney. Uh, you know, uh, <laughs> playing for the national championship game after getting <laughs> destroyed by. Chris Brown. Uh, he's, he, he, he'll still like slide into that. Well, you know, you guys played for the national championship in a one. He'll still, he'll still sneak that one in. Um, but my brother had this really cool, and my brother loves to just pimp people. All right. So he had this sweet, like ice white Miami stocking hat with the, U, the orange and the green. And he wore it. we went to a grocery store to pick up some beer and he just got not only like you know jump in front of traffic looks from people but even sweet old ladies were were just like kind of cursing at him i mean i'm not kidding here in lincoln because he's wearing miami gear walking in to a grocery store an hour before kickoff against the hated hurricanes that's like people can talk about texas hate people still will never forgive nor forget miami even all those years of after after the the uh, the exercising of demons against Warren Sapp and Ray Lewis, well, yeah, I
2: mean, we saw in, you know, when was that, 2015? Oh, there
0: was blood in the water for that one. That was awesome.
2: Yep, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it felt good. I, I, sh- I guess I should state I was never a Miami fan. You just like the gear, just, you know, fifteen years old, and I was like, oh, that's a cool cool coat. I'm going to get that. So, um, but yeah, you're right. I mean, you mean you you do run that risk, junior brother. Your brother and I are in the same boat. Like you, you got to be willing to deal with the heat if you're gonna if you're gonna
0: go out there like that. <laughs> We've gone off on hurricane tangent. They have sucked. They have sucked for too long. I mean, I know they probably had a ten wins. T- I think they beat Notre Dame a couple three years ago, and they were ten ten and zero, yep. and it, it derailed. So uh, they they need to be better. They need to be eleven and zero and knocking on the door. And for them to not even have won the ACC. And quite honestly, not own most of the Big East post Dennis Erickson. Aside from the the team of of all teams, the O one team right behind the ninety five Husker team, they need to really step their game up. Maybe they'll they'll stabilize. But what's the line tonight? Are you going any direction on that or not?
2: <laughs> um, I, I think it's about Miami a minus 16. If if I had to, had to go away, I'd probably go you, I mean, you would be a good program with a good coach. Um, I'd probably go that way just because right now with uh, how, how chaotic the off season was, I think most lines, especially those big ones, they're just tough to, it's tough to know. It's tough to know how good Miami is, you know, but then you see BYU as a one point favorite come out and just, destroy Navy. And I think it's going to be that way for a couple of weeks until things, uh, things normalize a little bit. But, yeah, it's, Miami's an interesting one. You almost think, like, in some ways, Frost and company at UCF kind of provided the mo- – because they've just been all over the place. It's like, you know what? Have a fun offense. You're going to get a ton of athletes on both sides of the ball just based on where you're at, uh, and, and do it that way. Uh, but easier said than done.
0: Brandon Vogels with us, HaleVarCity.com and Magazine. Vogues, what is the result going to be from James Franklin and Ryan Day speaking up?
2: Uh, good question. I mean, we keep seeing people in, in various ways, whether that's via lawsuit or public statement, kind of lodge the formal complaints that they can, Um and, and, and that's really all you can do at this point, but, but it's escalating. I mean, Nebraska, Nebraska doing that. Now I, we all understand too well, perhaps in the state of Nebraska of, of what Nebraska has been for the decade it's been in the big 10, not where, not where Nebraska wants to be, not where the big 10 wants Nebraska to be. Okay. i all agree on that, mm-hmm. but it's still a name that carries weight. Um, And, and it, it produced some, some early results through that lawsuit, but, in this week, so you have the, the head coaches of the two teams that, you know, were, were kicking around the top five and the top 10 in basically any preseason ranking that was worth its salt uh, come out. You had, you know, the attorney general of Ohio come out and just kind of, Hey, here's a little of a warning shot. Uh, I think there's, there's grounds for, for a lawsuit seeking monetary damages against the big 10. Um, so you're seeing some. I mean, these are these are heavy hitters that are that are entering the discussion here of late. I don't know. I don't know exactly what that means. I mean, we've we've heard from from Ted Carter that a vote could be imminent. You know, Teddy Greenstein, Chicago Tribune, had a report indicating that could be the case. But we still don't know what they're voting on. Um, it would seem to me to be probably not so much a revote as a vote on an entirely new model a new plan for when the Big Ten might be back, but, but who knows? Uh, so are those coaches coming out now because they know what it looks like um, and, and they're trying to head it off? Could be, um, but based on what we've seen so far, it doesn't seem like communication is great in the Big Ten, so it wouldn't surprise me if they don't know, if they're just out there really speaking from the heart and saying, hey, not being able to tell my guys what's going on, is honestly the worst part of this because when I spoke to to John Cook, uh, you know, different sport, obviously, but accomplished coach, a month ago, um, he said that was kind of one of the the final straws for him. His players are used to going to him and getting answers, and he couldn't give them to them. And that's when they knew something was up. Um, And that was before the Big Ten had made the decision it did.
0: That's just ridiculous. So you've got to know – as commissioner, your job is X, Y, and Z. And if you can't get mom and dad's approval, you got to make your own decision then. Okay. You just, you just yeah. do. And, and I understand everyone's got to answer to somebody and he's in a hell of a tough spot trying to avoid traffic on a couple of major, uh, major, <laughs> major highways here. And stay safe in the middle where the coaches and ADs are cool with him or at least respect him. And the folks who got him hired, the, the presidents and chancellors think he's doing a good job, has their confidence. Or he's Jim Delaney, he has so much juice that they can't do anything about it, right? And clearly, year one, that's not him. So it's it's a tough dab dance. Uh do have breaking news, and this is reported by the World Herald, so I want to give them credit, but Nebraska has secured... Rapid response point of care antigen tests for the potential upcoming season. Quinell testing machines on the way, going to be housed in the East Stadium, folks. So uh, when you and I go cover a game, we can get we can get tested because it's for us, of course.
2: <laughs> yeah, well, I'm glad i to have their priorities straight. If there's enough left over, maybe <laughs> we can share some with, with the guys out there on the field. We'll we'll see how things go. We I totally kidding that- that's 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 super interesting um i mean you would have thought so the pac-12 came out of course and said hey here's our conference-wide deal to do this you would have thought that the big 10 might not be far behind on that if it's seriously getting ready to vote on and then presumably release a plan for its return to competition uh so what does it mean that Nebraska is basically out there doing it, doing on it on its own? Um, I don't know.
0: Well, you are partnered with UNMC, but yep. everyone in the Big Ten has some sort of medical setup, correct? <laughs> I mean, the, there yep. are there are there are uh, research and in, in medicine and medical institutions a party too. A Northwestern, the University of Michigan Medical Center, Iowa Medical Center. You have UNMC. Penn State's is in. uh, I think uh, Paterno said Hershey, which is ninety minutes away. So, if you get the rapid testing, that's fantastic uh, for the ability to to process and and monitor. So, what's your gut tell you here for Sunday uh, when it comes to this potential vote? Do you think things for October? Are still in play votes I've done a 180 man I've been the guy that's been screaming about October 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 I'm not alone in that but I, my, my flame kind of went out yesterday now it got relit based on not just Ryan Day but you got a lot of things kind of coming together here
2: yeah from a from a football only perspective uh, and coach Ross said this and a couple of other coaches said this like there's no doubt that they could be ready like if, if a vote were to come Sunday or Monday, As you know, per Teddy Greenstein's report, um, the teams could be ready. I think now we have we have some teams in the Big Ten who have suspended practices um, of late because well, they've had some some outbreaks and some positive tests. So so that's difficult. But I just the rapid testing is really the key. I think Um, if you have that maybe October becomes a little bit more viable, but I really think that we're probably looking at that at that Thanksgiving date. And, you know, we've all kind of discussed at length at this point what that means. It means you're you're really probably not part of the playoffs. Um you're probably only playing for a conference title and, and you're probably gonna do it with the Pac twelve and maybe you can come up with some sort of end of the season. Big Twelve pack, or Big Ten Pac-12 challenge that that looks a little bit like bowl games with, with the Rose Bowl being the premier one, but it just the, the October tenth timeline seems a little too short based on the decision the Big 10's already made. There's no doubt in my mind they can play football by then if they really wanted to. I just don't know if you're going to get there in terms of the people actually voting to make that
0: happen. Brandon Vogel, Voges, we appreciate you. We'll talk Saturday, bud.
1: All right, sound good. Thank you. And now, and now, back to
0: Hale Varsity Radio. Back into it, it's Hail Varsity presented by the Nebraska Lottery. He is back. It's the pride of Chicago. It's Danny Burke at Danny Burke Five on Twitter, and you hear him on SiriusXM with Vison. And if you're in the uh, the great state of Illinois, maybe it's a little TV time. Danny Burke, tell the people why you're pretty. <laughs>
2: Smitty, thanks again for having me on. But,
6: yeah, man, you know, I just started a new show here at the River Sportsbook and in Des Plaines, Illinois, Monday through Friday, 6 to 7 p.m. Central Time. It's called Rush Hour. And really the premise of the show is we're getting you that final analysis, those final line movements, and getting you geared up for those last-minute bets before these games get off, whether it's six oh five p.m. Central Time, 6.30, 7 and beyond. So... Uh, Really excited to be doing that, to be back in my uh, hometown area. So very pumped for that show and to see what we can make of that. And also that on Sundays, if you're in the Chicago area as well, I'll be doing uh, some of the Bears' pregame show on uh, a local Fox station on cable. So if you have access to that, 10 a.m. is where it starts. It's called Props and Locks. And basically, we're just, going to be, uh, we're just going to be rifling through some of these games on NFL Sunday. Uh, of course, focusing in on the Bears and Lions for this week and all the Bears games. And, and uh, more of a Midwest kind of vibe to it, but certainly uh, circling out the bigger games as well, like the Saints and Bucks, uh, like the Ravens and Browns, and any other big games, just taking a look at the sides, totals, props. A lot of that good stuff. So uh, yeah, just staying
0: busy, my man. You are awesome. Good for you. Bears pregame, man. Can you kick? I'm sorry, that was still too a little too <laughs> little too fresh, little too fresh. But uh, listen, man, before you jump on air, lock us in. We're getting ready to to get the Chiefs and Texans kicked off. Minus nine for Kansas City. The, the average is 37 to 32 between these two teams. They are shootouts. Does that hold true with no preseason? What do you think about Kansas City and Texas tonight?
6: Yeah, so, like you said, this one's moved on to about nine. We've seen a lot of action go toward Houston throughout this whole offseason. It opened at about ten and a half to ten, depending on where you looked. And so naturally, everybody was thinking that, uh, being more the Sharps, that it was too high for the Texans. You have a bunch of the money going to the Chiefs from the public, and that's obviously not too much of a surprise. Patrick Mahomes is the defending Super Bowl champions. So that's where you really see the discrepancy because most of the bets are going on the Chiefs. However, the money is moving in favor of the Texans. That just tells you that the respective pros are going for Houston in this spot. Uh I don't really have anything for this game as as um in regards to the just normal total and spread. If it was that probably if I would have got at ten I would have taken the Texans there. It just seems like This week one, it it doesn't matter what game it is, but it presents so many opportunities for a backdoor cover because of the lack of preseason games, and these teams still trying to get everything under their belt. Like, imagine if the Kansas City Chiefs just go out to a big lead. They're going to want to get some of their reserves in because who knows what's going to happen in this crazy season. They didn't have time to warm these guys up in the preseason, per se. So that could be a spot where you would see them go in, maybe an opportunity for the Texans to come back and get a sketchy backdoor cover, So with that being said, um, I'm not going to lay the points with the Chiefs, and even at nine, nine and a half of that range, I don't feel as comfortable with the Texans, too. So I didn't really have anything in that regard. Same thing with the total. I kind of want to just see how this uh, game one plays out and really how the speed of the offense with no fans and the stance for the opposing team kind of works out with everything. So the way that I did bet this game, though, I threw a little bit on the first quarter's three-way bet. Now this is something you can get at BetRivers, and I'm sure a lot of the other books they offer too. It's not a traditional bet that you can necessarily get like in Vegas or anything, but some of these books as they're expanding throughout the country and on the East Coast are trying to offer more of this. So basically the first quarter three way bet is yours. are betting the Texans for about like plus two twenty or two fifty five. Uh, the tie plus 325, the Chiefs are about minus 130, is where I see it now. So this differs from the money line quarter one bet in the sense that if you were to bet the Chiefs here, they're a lot more juiced up, over $2. Mm. And that's because you can still push and get your money back. So with the quarter one 3 ways, either you bet that and you get it. If not, then you lose. So the way I snagged it, I actually took it uh, last night, uh, Wednesday night. I did the Chiefs minus 125 to get up in the first quarter and to be leading. And I kind of like that just a little bit better. You're getting momentum from the Super Bowl still with this team. It's been a unique season, in fact where they know they can't fool around. They have to get ready to go. So I don't think there's going to be a Super Bowl hangover regardless. Obviously, you see that more with the opposing team who lost, being the 49ers. But I think Patrick Mahomes, big contract in the offseason, Andy Reid and company will have something dialed up right away. And I would look toward the Chiefs for that uh, three-way quarter one bet, if anything, for tonight.
0: Danny Burke's with us, pride of Chicago, and uh, Danny doing work in uh, just outside of Chicago uh, with a casino, a daily show, and uh, you can check him out on uh, with the Fox affiliate. Also, still working with Veasan, Danny. A thought here: Who else do you like with the NFL net with the NFL this weekend? Give me a couple of games you've got circled.
6: Yeah, so I was kind of hinting on this one earlier with uh, one of the games we'll probably look to get to, and that's that Browns and Ravens game. Now, this one opened up with Baltimore is about a nine-point favorite. I actually am looking at the Browns in this spot. You can still get, I believe, eight-and-a-halves, or you could have at least earlier. Uh, it's more so at about eight, and that's where I snagged it at for this spot. Week one road teams that went be- uh, between four and six games the previous year are 70% against the spread since 2004, Schmitty. And remember, this Browns team had so much hype going into them last year. They get a new coaching staff with Stefanski. You got to imagine they can't be as bad as the past coaches the Browns have had. But I feel like, then again, we say that every season mm-hmm. when they get a new one. Um, you add in Austin Hooper to the tight end group alongside Njoku. You still got Odell Beckham and Landry and Nick Chubb and, and Baker. Obviously, this is kind of his make or break year in a lot of people's opinions. So it's a division game. It's week one once again, just because of the the aspect of not having these preseason games. I think that could benefit a lot of these teams with these higher spreads, especially in a a, uh, divisional game. So I took the 8 with the Browns in that game um, against the Ravens. Another one I looked for, uh, how about the Vikings and the Packers? Now, we've heard all the kind of Issues that have happened with the Packers in the offseason. Obviously, Rodgers and LaFleur are kind of playing it off, acting like they're buddy-buddy. Is that true? Maybe so, maybe not. This one open with the Vikings is about a three-and-a-half-point favorite. You've actually seen action go to Green Bay. They're now a two-and-a-half-point dog. So, I actually laid it two-and-a-half with Minnesota. I'm not so sold on this Packers offense, not having that many receiving threats outside of Devontae Adams. The Vikings, of course, lose digs, but you pick up Jefferson in the draft, you still have Biel and you still have Rudolph who could be a threat in the end zone. Dalvin Cook looks like he's going to be good to go. And the defense is just pretty leaps and bounds better than the Packers, in my opinion, as well. So getting under that key number three, I like the Vikings laying it. Um, Another matchup I had really quick was the Chargers and Bengals under 43. I think this is going to be a slower-paced game. Joe Burrow getting adjusted to the NFL. Tyrod Taylor with his Chargers team. Not so sure how he's going to lead him with uh, the Chargers team without Phillip Rivers for the first time in forever. So I think that's going to be a slower-paced game. And then I'm just looking at a teaser. I'll probably have another one, but the one I did right now is teasing the Patriots down are about six and a half down to a half. And same with the Bills against the Jets. I think the Bills and Patriots are solid bets to win. The Jets have lost a lot of players who opted out. And just overall, we know they're not that good. Still a lot of ways to go. And then the Patriots, Cam Newton's looking good, but you're going against the Dolphins, who will probably surprise some people. But week one at home, I like Cam and the Patriots to get the dub
4: in that spot.
0: Danny Burke's with us. Pride of Chicago at Danny Burke Five. Burke's Best Bets. Danny, about ten seconds. What's a what's a, a number? A win total number for Tampa this year? Ooh, win total number for Tampa? Uh, I'll put them at nine. Okay, that's where I have them winning. So are you? Are you okay? You got them at nine and seven. Yep, that's where I got them. Well, that'll be a shootout potentially with uh, Tampa and uh, New Orleans minus three and a half Saints. Danny, have a great show. Thanks for jumping on with us.
1: You're back to Thank you. Miss us?
3: Come here, brother. Give me met we Bring it in for the real thing.
1: We're on call for you. Catch the podcast at hailvarsity.com, the ESPN Lincoln app, or download them on iTunes. Saddle up, partner. Back to Hail Varsity Radio.
0: One final time, and I know where Deb the Spa Lady's at right now. Deb the Spa Lady is getting ready. Climb into a hot tub with Home Innovations and watch her Chiefs defend a title. Deb, football is here. How are you?
7: Oh, I'm just giddy. I've got my Patrick Mahomes jersey on, though, and I am ready for football to start. It kind of makes you feel like we're we're getting something normal that we haven't had since last March. So we're all excited about that and and bring it on.
0: Bring it on is right, and I tell you what, you got a selection for that football fan or sports fan with Home Innovation Spas, 20th and Highway 2 in Lincoln, off Industrial Road in Omaha, spasonline.com. And, it you are right about feeling normal, and uh, it's anything but normal, weather-wise, in the state of Nebraska. So uh, you you have the, 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 the playbook, so to speak, for – that ninety percent humidity, ninety degree day with your hot tub, or the oh look, it's forty six. That's the high I today. Know. You can do it's you right, can do no, it both ways, can't you?
7: That's right. We we have that option. We can adjust the temperature, and I'm sure everybody out there has gone out and tweaked up their temperature a little bit this these last couple of days. But that's the nice thing about a spa you use it year-round. Depending upon what you're wanting, maybe you just want to socialize in it. That's year-round. Maybe you just want muscle relief and aches and pains. Well, that's year-round. So I don't know any any time when you wouldn't want to use a hot tub and you can make that happen and just adjust the temperature. We've got different sizes. We've got the exercise spas for swimming and all kinds of of exercise we've got this little spas that just plug into a 110 outlet that are nice and simple so we've got everything in between
0: so deb i gotta know what happens tonight i mean the flag is up the rings have been handed out about twenty thousand of your closest buddies are down in arrowhead that were lucky enough to get on (laughs) so is it going to be another high scoring affair between uh houston and kansas city
7: Wow, I just I don't know. I don't even really have a feel yet for any of it. Uh I think it's gonna be probably pretty close. I think, I think it'll be close too. Still, I think they're they are. I think they've just gotta get their footing and kind of feel it all out and see what see what's out there this year.
0: I think Kansas City uh is is a team that gets back to the Super Bowl. Think, oh, of course. Sorry. Of course. You're like sports guy shut up. Yeah, they're going That's to the Super given. Bowl. So they're going back <laughs> they're going back to the Super Bowl. But I think I think they're gonna play really well tonight, even though they haven't done a lot of practicing. And mm-hmm. I think it's gonna be high scoring. Vegas says Kansas City by nine. I think Kansas City oh, really? wins
7: by I about a touchdown.
0: About, about about a touchdown oh, is what boy. I'm thinking.
7: Well, it's going to be fun. I don't care. It's just going to be a blast just well, to watch her get out there again. We turn, all need that.
0: Turn that hot tub up. I'll be over and we'll watch Kansas City.
7: Sounds good.
0: There she is, Deb, the spa lady, big Chiefs fan, Home Innovation Spas, 20th and Highway 2 of Industrial Road and the Omaha online.com Deb, cheer hard tonight. Thanks so much.
7: I will. You too. Bye-bye. All right.
0: She's got that face paint on. I know she does. She got a Mahomes jersey on and her face paint on, remote in hand, and she's hot tub. Gotta love it. Home Innovation Spas. Great show today. And thanks to all the guests who made that happen. Thanks to Damon Barr. Talk to you tomorrow at four on Hale Varsity.